Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? The following is a breaking hot take from the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. Hey kids, Ian J. Malone here. Welcome to a special hot take edition of the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. I know we've been teasing on social media for the better part of the last few days that we would do our next episode as an all-dude mail uh, episode, and we do still intend to do that. We thank you to everybody who sent in questions and helped us uh, assemble content for that. We got some great questions for that, by the way. Alas, at 4.30 this afternoon, we did get big-time breaking news from the world of college football, and given how much we talk about that subject on this show and people like to ask us about it, we did not think it would be right to cram that into a quick little five-minute short shoot session before we got into dude mail questions. So, hence the term hot take edition of the show, which is what this will be about, of course. Um, yeah, that's, so that's a spiel. Dave, Daniels, Scott, Esther, my friends, my partners in crime, welcome back. How are we doing this evening? Oh, I'm wonderful, sir. I'm I'm a uh, one drink of uh, Buffalo Trace in about to pour a second. Doing good. Cause that bodes well nice. for professionalism. <laughs> Scott, how are we doing? Well, it's uh, I'm doing pretty well. It's uh, good to have Dave back on the show. We missed you last uh, last episode, but uh, happy to hear your voice again. Looking forward to seeing uh, your thoughts here on uh, this ACC schedule. Yes, indeedy. Well, let's get right to it then. The ACC rolls out the schedule. As of now, we do not know who's going to play when, as in dates. Uh, They will have to roll that out and line that up with their television partners. But what was unveiled today was a tentative timeline on when they plan to hold their season in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And just as an aside, I would expect the Southeastern Conference to follow suit with a very similar announcement in the very near future. But uh, basically, here's the, the rundown of what you really need to know. The season is going to kick off, and Dave, feel free to correct me on this with regard to the dates. Uh, the season will kick off the weekend of September 7th to 12th and then close somewhere around, is it December 12th to 17th, long in there? Uh, yeah, the ACC championship games are either going to be December 12th or December 19th, and I'm sure they're probably giving themselves some leadway in case they have to sure. cancel some stuff, go through, in case a, a quote-unquote Marlins situation occurs. Oh, yeah. We got <laughs> questions about that coming in the dude mail, uh, dude mail show, so <laughs> stay, keep that in your back pocket. But uh, something else you need to know is that everything we've been waiting for in terms of schedules for 2020 have been completely thrown uh, by the wayside. Uh, the ACC went in, realigned who's going to play where this year, Uh, as in opponents, but they got rid of the divisional lineups. So you're going to have your top two teams in the conference by winning percentage face-off in the ACC title game, and uh, and, and that's how they're going to crown their champion. As for the season itself, it's going to consist of 10 regular season games and one non-conference game, uh, very much as we predicted on social media. Uh, That non-conference game is to facilitate people like Clemson who have an in-state rival with South Carolina, Louisville, Kentucky, Florida, Florida State, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So those those games can be played, uh, minimal travel, and lots of money on the line there. So Uh, looking down the schedule, I mean, there are definitely tons of matchups to look at. Uh, One that jumps to mind for me will be Florida State, North Carolina. We were not expected to play UNC Chapel Hill this season. And now we are, and we're going to be playing them according to what I have in front of me via the ACC Twitter feed. Uh, we will be playing them in Dope Campbell Stadium, which I'm very happy about because I don't frankly think Florida State would have a prayer at pulling out a win in Keenan Stadium up in uh, Chapel Hill. Uh, fellas, anything else about this schedule jump out at you, whether it's matchups, uh, things that have changed that maybe you're now going to be looking for? We'll get into here in a second whether or not we think a lot of this will even happen. But for now, at face value, let's look at what we have to work with. That's a 10-game conference schedule with one extra game on the side. 
You know, we'll, we'll also do Florida State and Miami here in a second. But right now, let's just keep the bird's eye. Big stories, big matchups. What about this jumps out at you? Dave, I'll start with you. Uh, well, mostly for the fact that because the ACC is so weak that Clemson's going to have, other than maybe Notre Dame, yeah. they're going to have a cakewalk walking through this and be able to get to a, to a national championship game this year again. Yep, I wholly agree. Scott? Yeah, I'm on the same page. Just taking a look at uh, what we got going on here. you got to start with Clemson. Uh, just based on their past performance and what they've got coming back, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to have his run to the ACC again like he has in the past couple of years. So uh, we'll just see how, how – um, it's going to be a race for number two, I guess, is the uh, the best way to put it for uh, for everything else in the ACC. Well, and it's interesting that you should say that because the trendy pick all off season long for the number two team in the ACC has been Mac Brown in North Carolina. Uh, returning a lot of starters, have had a very solid recruiting season, which is very apropos for Mac Brown. Uh, they also have arguably the second-best quarterback in the Atlantic Coast Conference and one of the top five quarterbacks in the country in Sam Howell. He will be a uh, true sophomore this year. So clicking on all cylinders in UNC Chapel Hill, definitely more so than able to. Uh, they've been able to say there for, for quite a while. And then, oh, by the by, they won't face Clemson at all during the regular season. Not yeah, even a little bit. <laughs> so let's run down North Carolina. All right, let's look at that schedule because we're all in agreement, correct, that Clemson's just going to coast to the title game? Like that's, oh, yeah. that's done? Okay. Yeah. All right, so let's look at North Carolina, seeing as how they are the, the fashionable pick of late. They're going to be at home versus North Carolina State. That's a win. They're going to be at home versus Notre Dame. I'm going to say that's a win. They're going to be at home versus Syracuse. That's a win. They're going to be at home versus Virginia Tech. I don't know if that's going to be a win. I don't know what Virginia Tech is and is not this year. We'll call it a loss just to be generous. Uh, They're going to be at home versus Wake Forest. That's a win. On the road versus BC, that's a win. Uh, On the road versus Duke, that's a win. On the road versus Florida State, I would love to say that's a Florida State win, but I'm going to say that's a (laughs) Carolina win. Uh, At on the road versus Miami, I'm also going to say that's a win. Sorry, Dave. On the road versus Virginia, that's a win. And then they've got a TBA. Nobody knows who that's going to be. But that will most likely, I would think, be somebody like in East Carolina or, again, somebody right here in the neighborhood. Requires minimal travel. They can just shoot down the road, play them for the sake of television, and get out. So, I mean, that basically leaves uh, Carolina going 10-1 and this year. Ta-da! Interesting. I I was just going to say, with with these TBA uh, non-conference games, you know, someone like North Carolina is going to take a look at their schedule and go, you know what, we might have a real shot if we don't screw up with a non-conference game. We give ourselves a game that we can play that's going to make us better against uh, ACC opponents. So uh, all, all up and down the ACC, all up and down, you know, the SEC, the Big Ten, however they start to schedule out their games, look for the teams that have a legitimate shot about winning their conference, take a shot against their non-conference opponent to better better the team or give them a preview of someone tougher that they might play down the line in conference. Correct. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and even we we talked about – you know, kind of coming into this, you know, all three of us talked about, you know, the with Miami and Florida State kind of being in the same issue when it comes to having new players coming in, new system coming in, and, and having having no time to get used to it. The, the best thing I think both of us can hope for at this point to even compete when it comes down toward the end of it is to have some of those easier teams at the beginning, those, those teams that you know you're going to be able to beat, to get the camaraderie, get the stuff that you should have gotten through fall ball, through spring ball, get it together. I mean, I'm excited about some stuff going on at Miami because we brought on De'Eric King. Uh, you know, we've got uh, uh, Quincy Roach that, that's uh, come in from uh, up north that's a good uh, defensive lineman. 
Gregory Rousseau is going to be one of the best defensive linemen in the country. We have potential with everything that we've done, plus we've recruited well. Uh, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's going to happen for us that we get some of those those easier teams at the beginning. If we play Clemson first game and get trounced, I mean, I, we have a history, of course, of being able to just kind of lose it at that point in time. But I just don't see anybody else really doing uh, making a whole lot of noise when it comes to everything else that's sitting in here. Well, now this that actually brings me to uh, to a different question, and that is. What do we say the odds are? What do we place the odds that they actually play 11 games this year? All right, because, I mean, listen, this is, this is ambitious to be able to shoot for 10 conference games and a non-conference, 11 total games. I mean, to, and a conference to, championship game. And a conference championship game to think that you're going to pull that off without any interruptions, uh, without any hiccups to your schedule. I mean, Dave brought it up earlier. The Miami Marlins, they've now suspended all their games until MLB tells them that they can go back. Um, I would pin a good bit of that on the Phillies, but again, we'll get into that in, uh, in our dude mail episode, but you know, let's, let's just say that happens. You have some massive outbreak down in Miami and they end up sidelining their program, or let's just say that you've got a, you know, you have another big flare up down there in Dade County or Broward County. And then you have three teams, three programs who just say, you know what? We don't want to travel to Miami. All right. They, they pull a New York Yankees who just sat out going to Philadelphia because they're like, uh, uh-uh. uh. We don't feel comfortable going down there. Not with all those outbreaks going on. We're, we're not having it. So having said all of that, I'll come back to my original question, and that is that what are the odds that they actually play 10 games, 11 games, and get to a conference championship game? Scott, I'll give you a lead on that one. I think this is, uh, this is all just wishful thinking um, from a, a larger perspective. I don't see them getting through a full schedule this fall. Uh, I don't see them starting on time. Uh, you know, just based on, you know, we're talking about, you know, all of these teams in the ACC and they're spread across a number of different states with a number of different, uh, you know, leadership groups uh, taking control of what's happening with the pandemic. So, you know, it might be great up in Boston College, up in Massachusetts. They may have figured out how to do that. Uh, Florida, not so great. Georgia, maybe not so good. South Carolina, North Carolina, maybe they're, you know, you know, trying to figure things out. So I, I don't see this being a full schedule, but it is really fun to at least have something that we can take a look at and discuss and give us hope for what might happen in the fall. Uh, I'd be surprised if they get through uh, maybe four weeks of this before uh, something happens. Right. Well, and they've set themselves up to be able to accommodate for that. Hence the uh, the stipulation that it's going to be the two teams with the highest winning percentages, not you know, best records. So that's Correct. that's their out for that. Dave, what are your thoughts on this, man? I mean, what what do you set the over-under at? We're looking at 11 games here plus a conference title game. I mean, if you had to look into your crystal ball, uh, you know, what do you think the odds are that they get through that? If not, I mean, what do you think they maybe get out of this, eight games? You know, the, the hope here is, is obviously that they can do something. Uh, they're, they're trying to get something out. They're trying to get back to normal. But, you know, it's going to depend on how they decide they want to go about it. Uh, it College football is going to be one of the few sports that I think they can probably pull off a bubble situation with where instead of having everybody play in their home stadium, why not go and find three yes. off-site places? You're go, leading into my next question. Go for go, it. Yeah, go find a place. You know, Take, take your, uh, your stadiums that are around that are in these areas that aren't hot spots. Take your teams. They can if they want to travel through, but you can you can control what these college athletes do. If they can do it with the NBA, you have a bubble situation. 
You bring them in. Every weekend you have games from Thursday through Sunday or Thursday through Saturday where you play two games a night, Thursday through Saturday or Wednesday through Saturday, get everything ready to go. The guys all play on the same nights no matter what. You're rotating it around. Make your schedule. It depends on how they do it. I think with the, the current setup, if they're going to have – uh, you know, Miami playing Coral Gables, in, not in Coral Gables because that's not where we play, but if we have us play in Miami Gardens and you have uh, teams that are playing at Georgia Tech playing in Atlanta, it's just you're going to have those issues where these are college kids. They're going to want to get out. They're going to want to be a part of other yep. things that are going on to be a part of college life, and you're going to end up with infections, and, and people just it, – it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow everything out of proportion. You're going to have one or two guys that end up getting uh, testing positive. And the entire team at that point in time is going to get sat down, and it's going to affect how they prepare for the week. It's going to uh, affect how they do everything that they do. And unfortunately, I just don't think it's going to be the same ideation we're looking for. Go make some agreements. Sit down. Set yourself up a bubble. You can have your tutors come in. Make sure your kids are getting the the college learning they're supposed to have. Use that money that you're you're getting, that multi-million dollars that you're making off this sport, to make sure you're making that these kids are taken care of and do what you need to do so that way it can keep this going for the future. Yep. No, I wholly agree. And you raise a good point when you talk about kids. College kids are going to be college kids, and that is a cold, hard fact. And you know what? I mean, to, to the people who are on Twitter right now, the you know, beating the drum, saying, why are we even doing this? Just shut down sports. How dare you put these kids in, uh, in harm's way for, for the sake of college football? I see the logic in that argument, but only so far, because the fact of the matter is these kids are safer in a football program than they are if they were just everyday college students hanging around campus or not hanging around campus. They are getting tested every day. They're getting the best of the best with regard to uh, physician care. They're being watched. Everything's being cleaned around them. I mean, they stand a much greater uh, chance of, of being exposed to this stuff were they not doing this. So maybe that's just me making excuses because I really want to see my favorite sport come back. But there is a modicum of logic to that. Now, to Dave's point, and I am wholly on board with his stance on this, and this is the one thing I would say to Swafford and the ACC, why in the world are you guys even considering travel? Okay, let's look at the triangle. Uh, you've had, according to the latest reports, cases here, I believe, have been on, on the downtrend for the last few days. We have to see, you know, in a, in a week or two how that stands, if that trend continues. But of late, we've been decreasing in, this, uh, in case counts in this area of North Carolina. You've got North Carolina State, North Carolina Central, North Carolina Chapel Hill, Duke, Elon right up the road, Wake Forest right up the road. East Carolina right down the road. I don't know if Coastal Carolina has a football stadium or not. All of these are within a very, 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 very easy drive. So pick your campus or wherever it's going to be, if if it's in Durham or if it's in Chapel Hill, set yourself up a hub, and that is where all of these kids are going to stay. And they get up on game day, they're bused to the game, you set up, you go through your walkthroughs, you play, and that's that. You don't even need to have locker rooms at that point. And I don't, I mean, particularly now seeing what's going on with Major League Baseball, listen, we've been through one weekend of Major League Baseball, so we have to wait and see how that plays out. The Marlins could be an anomaly, fingers crossed that they are. But in the event that they're not, I mean, I I think that the data so far shows that the bubble approach really does seem to make a lot more sense, and it's definitely getting good results, whether it's for the NBA or the NHL. So, uh, you know, I look at the ACC, which has forever been the Tobacco Road Conference. All right, Duke, Carolina, State, they're all right here. You also have a crap load of other schools, other campuses. If you're not worried about fan attendance, then that means you could play in a high school stadium if you want. 
So bring them all to one spot, camp them out. They're going to be learning virtually anyway. You can monitor everything, freaking clean that sucker as if it's a bay in the CDC, talking about dorm rooms and facilities, and then bus them into where they need to be and play. It would seem to me you have much greater odds of actually having your season by taking that approach. Dave, I led with Scott last time, so you can have at it from there. Yeah, that does... All I was going to say is that, you know, the the bubble scenario seems great um, until you start to figure out we need training facilities for, let's say we bring six teams into into one region, you know, training facilities have to be cleaned. You've got the the stadiums themselves. You've got the locker rooms, all that kind of stuff. It's a little bit it's a little bit complicated, but I do think it's a better option than having these kids get on planes and travel and do that kind of stuff. In a lot of cases, they don't always travel with a. Uh, chartered flight so there are times where these football teams do get on planes with the general public uh, to save costs and things so uh, the travel portion of that is a is a real concern sure. for uh, for a lot of these programs Dave what's your thoughts oh, I mean I, that's I, I think it's it's you can make it work you make so much money for the university you make so much money off of football that they will find a way to make this work uh, I mean, you look at what's going on at Florida State right now. Their boosters are cash-starved because the last couple of seasons have been down for attendance. The boosters hadn't been real happy about what was going on with the head coach. They weren't giving as much money going through. It's the first year of a brand-new head coach. The boosters aren't doing great. Uh, they already had to cancel fall sp- or I'm sorry, spring sports. So there's the issue where they weren't getting the revenue that would have come in from baseball and softball and soccer. You know, it's, it's a whole – Florida State would have made a deep run into the NCAA tournament in basketball. There would have been a lot of money that was involved with that as well. A lot of these places are in the same spot. You've got to find a way to make the money so that you can continue to push the all the sports that are going on. You've got to find a way to make it happen. If you did that here in Tallahassee, you set up a, uh, a place where, okay, people are going to play in Doak. It would bring a lot more uh, money to the area on those weekends where people are coming in to play if you could come and watch the games. If not, you've got all sorts of hotels that would normally be full at this time of year that you can put the players in on a regular basis. You can set up little offshoot um, uh, training facilities because we've seen this happen in other places. You know, When the Olympics show up anywhere, it takes them three weeks, four weeks to put up a small building. Here's your training facility. Go through. They can take turns at Florida State's indoor practice facility, outdoor practice facility. You can technically have two teams going at the same time as long as it's, it's not raining. There's other things you can do. Practice on the field. You can have three teams going at the same time. They'll find a way to make it work. There's money involved. And when there's money involved, people will find a way to make it work. That's my point about the triangle, though, is you have all of that right here concentrated in one area. right? And there's a lot of these schools that may not even play this year. So, you know, ACC, go ahead and I guarantee you, you know, Elon would happily take a half a million dollar, million dollar, two million dollar kickback from the ACC to be able to host a team out of their facility. We got dorms, we got training facilities and weight rooms. All right. If that's what you're worried about, we can make all of that happen here and the smaller school gets a kickback while the bigger schools are able to meet their quotas to make television revenue. So, and you're only, there is no plane at that point. You get on a bus, you drive an hour down the road, and you play at Carter Finley, or you play at Keenan, or you play at Wallace Wade. And it may be, you know, Notre Dame at Syracuse playing at noon at Wallace Wade, but hey, man, as long as they're playing, television doesn't care what the scene around the stadium looks like. Well, and to be honest, you can even go a little further with that. Why not find a place that has, instead of just having professional stadiums, if there's not going to be anybody in the stands, why not go and find a place that has 
three or four different high school fields. It's the same size. Sure. Go through. You can set your cameras up exact the same way and go through. You don't have to use a, a professional stadium. You're probably going to have a lot of high schools that are going to cancel their season for the exact same reason, and they would take a lot less money to let you use their facility to go out, practice, play games, do what you got to do, and have 50 people in the stands that have to do their job. Sure. Scott, no. nobody, wants to, nobody wants to see this happen more than, than me. Um, the bubble uh, situation seems to take care of the pandemic side of the issue. Uh, however, and I will, you know, play a little devil's advocate here. Who's paying for, you know, uh, 150, 200 people to stay in a hotel for six months? Sure. Is that is that going to be subsidized by the ACC? Because I guarantee you they don't have the money to do that for, for all the teams. Uh, they're going the to use all that money on... that they're getting from ESPN for the ACC network, Scott. That's how that's going. <laughs> you know, that money that Comcast is like, nah, we don't want your stupid network. We're not going to carry they, you down in Florida. They, Sorry. They'll just take 50, hey, 50% of nothing is nothing. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I do love it. I love the idea of doing it. It's working in the NBA because they've had, you know, they're able to leverage all their other revenue sources to pay for, you know, putting up a, uh, you know, all their franchises in these hotels down at Disney. They've got a relationship with ESPN, blah, blah, blah. I just don't know that this many colleges with full football staffs, trainers, coaches, uh, you know, tutors and uh, all that kind of stuff uh, is going to be able to basically move for six months at a time to watch them go through a full uh, college football season uh, and make it happen. I would love to see it happen. Uh not sure where that uh, where that money is going to come from. All righty. Well, we're starting to cross the 20-minute mark, which I think is pretty good for a hot take episode. So I did want to close with this. Let's do a little, just for grins, giggles, and gonads, a little wins and losses for Florida State and Miami. You guys up for that? I think we're all in agreement. It's probably going to be Clemson versus UNC for the ACC title. Barring some sort of a craziness where Sam Howell shows up at the stadium one day and maybe or maybe not test positive for COVID and then he's got to sit for four days. I mean, that could very well throw a wrench in all of this. I mean, look at the Cincinnati Reds this past weekend. They have a great opening day. Uh, blow the Tigers out of the water, and then two of their stars, and Mike Moustakis and Nick Senzel, cough a little bit, and they take them off of the field for three days for testing. Both come up negative. And Cincinnati lost both of those games. So that sort of scenario could could play out here. Trevor Lawrence, Sam Howell, Derek King, you know? <clears throat> Bad test, you're off the field, Miami takes an L, UNC takes an L, anything's possible. But uh, But barring any of that, which that's a big barring, uh, we'll say UNC and Clemson are the favorites. But anyway, let's go back to some doubles, uh, W's and L's. Who do we want to do first, Florida State or Miami? Let's do Florida State. Let's, I was right. going to say, let's give Miami a shot. All right. Well, we already have our shots, sir. We've won three it's, in a row against Florida State. All right. Well, it's, our, it's already 2v1 two, two, two on this podcast, so let's. Uh, <laughs> we, we will defer to you, sir. All right. Well, I'm, uh, I have a screen magnifier, which means I see part of the screen. Right now I'm looking at Miami, so we're doing that. Sounds good. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. All right. From the top, Dave, I will give you first crack at this. At home versus Florida State, is that a win or a loss? Oh, that's a win every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Has mm-hmm. been for the last three years. Mm-hmm. But not quite for a decade prior to that. Scott, go right ahead. Is that a win or a loss? Uh, Miami at home versus Florida State. It it is a win, uh, but only because my DNA doesn't allow me to say that it's a loss. Okay. <laughs> All righty. I am going to. I'm going to call it a win for Florida State. So I'm going to hang an L on Miami there. 
So, uh, and, and really, I would like to see uh, where these games line up. If Florida State goes down to Miami first game of the season, then that's probably going to be an L for Florida State. But if Florida yes, State agree. plays later in the year and Norvell has had a chance to get some of his people in a, in a line and get his systems implemented, then, uh, then I think all bets are off. So I'm going to call that uh, a loss for Miami. So, all right, mm. uh, next game, Miami hosting Georgia Tech. Scott, start with you. Is that a win or a loss for Miami? That's a win. Okay. So, Dave? That's a win. Okay, I'm going to say that's a win as well for the Canes. Next, Miami at home versus North Carolina. Dave, win or loss for Miami? Oh, good Lord. That's probably going to be a loss for us, actually. Scott? I got that as a loss. I have that as a loss as well. Uh, Next up, the Canes hosting the Pittsburgh Panthers, who are expected to have one of the top defenses in the conference this year. Dave, is that a win or a loss for the Canes? That's a win. Okay, Scott? I'm going to say it's a loss. Okay, I'm going to say that is a loss as well. Next up, at home, final home game for the Canes versus the Virginia Cavaliers. I'm going to go first on this one, say that's a win for Miami. Dave? Uh, That's a win. Scott? That's a win for Miami. Okay, on the road at Clemson, big giant L. I'll probably give give you Miami plus 21. Dave, win or a loss for Miami? Oh, that's a loss. Yeah. That's a loss. Scott? I will say it's a loss and twice on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) On the road versus Coach Satterfield and the upstart Louisville Cardinals. Dave, is that a win or a loss for Miami? That's a win. Okay, Scott? I'll take that as a win. All right, I'm going to say that's an L. I like what Satterfield is doing in Louisville. Seriously, man, I that guy could coach. If you know anything about what he did at App State and then to see what he did with that dumpster fire that Petrino left behind last year in his first year, I think he's got them headed in the right direction. I say that's a big win for Louisville. All right, next on the so road. Not so fast, my friend. Yes, sir. <laughs> next, uh, Miami on the road against NC State. Dave, is that a win or a loss? That's a win. Scott? Uh, I'm going to say that's a win. I'm going to say that's a win as well. Dave Dorn is garbage. Next, on the road versus Virginia Tech, I'm going to say that is a win for the Canes. Dave? Same here. Scott? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put that down as a win for the Canes. Okay. And Wake Forest, I'm going to say that is also a win for the Canes. Scott? WWW. Dave? Yeah, www.win.com. All right. And then they will play a TBA non-conference game. Don't know what that is for now, so we're going to leave that be. So, uh, all right, next. Uh, so what does that put us down at? What are, what are the records there for, uh, for the three of us? Uh, I've got us at eight and two. Okay. Uh, you, you have them at five and five, and Scott has them at six and four. Okay. All right, so not bad. Pretty, pretty steady Eddie there. All right, to the Knowles we go. Where are my Knowles? Here we go. All righty. Uh, Scott, I will start with you. The Knowles at home versus the Clemson Tigers. Win or loss for Florida uh, State? It's painful to say, but it's a loss. Yeah. It's a loss. Yep. Dave? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah that's a loss. It, there's no <laughs> way around that. Oh, we're still discussing this? Yeah. <laughs> so even, even without Trevor Lawrence, they, I don't think Florida State wins as a shot at that one. Uh, Florida State at home versus Georgia Tech. I'm going to say that's a win, Dave. Same here. Yeah. Okay. So all Thank you, Dave. W- Thank you, Dave. We appreciate that. <laughs> okay. WWW. All right. Next up, Florida State at home versus Carolina Chapel Hill. Scott, win or loss for uh, Florida State? Uh, I'm going to say it all really depends on the time of year, but uh, I'm going to put that down as a loss. Yep, me too. Dave? Yeah, same. 
Okay. Uh, Florida State at home versus the Pittsburgh Panthers. I'm going to say that is actually a loss for Florida State. Dave? I'm with you on that one, too. Scott? I'll pick that up as a win. Okay. At home versus the Virginia Cavaliers. Scott, win or a loss for Florida State? I'm going to put a W on that one. All right. Dave? Ooh. Um, uh, that's going to be a toss-up. That's one of those ones where you probably should win, but will probably lose. Um I'm going I'm to throw that in a win column just to be a nice guy, unlike some people. Or All right, I'm going to throw that in for a win as well. Florida State on the road against the Dukies, the fighting Blue Devils of uh, Coach Cutcliffe. I'm going to call that a win, Florida State. Dave, win or loss for FSU? You always lose one. This is going to be one of them. <laughs> Scott, win or loss versus Duke? I'm going to put a Debbie on that. All right. Uh, Florida State on the road against Louisville. I'm going to chalk that up as a loss for the reasons I mentioned earlier about Miami. Dave, win or a loss? Same. Okay. Scott? Uh, I've got it as a win. All righty. Uh, on the road versus Miami, I've already called that as a win. Scott? Uh, uh, yeah, actually, I had it down as a win. Okay. And then Dave, we know, had that called as a loss. Uh, on the road versus North Carolina State, I'm going to call that a win for Florida State. Scott? I'm going to say a win. Dave. Yeah, that, that's a win for me as well. Okay. And then on the road. Because Dave Doran is garbage, apparently. <laughs> and then on, I, have some, I have some state alums who listen to this show. They're flipping me the bird right now. So, uh, hey, man, you know what? When they freaking rioted in Knoxville because they didn't want your coach, that ought to tell you something. And then you turned around and gave them a contract extension. Nice work. Nice work, Debbie Al. All right, and then final game for Florida State will be uh, on the road against Notre Dame. I don't know anything about Notre Dame this year, admittedly, so I'm going to be the homer and give Florida State the win there. That's uh, I know nothing about Notre Dame either, but I cannot pick Notre Dame over Florida State. Okay, fair enough. So you're going to take it. Same, same, same reasons as I can't pick them over, uh, pick Miami over Florida State. All right. Dave. That, that's, a, that's a loss. All right. So fair enough. Thank so you, what, Dave. Is, what does Thank that you. give? What does that give everybody for a uh, – what does that give everybody for Florida State? All right, look, looking back at this, I'll probably go back and put the Duke as a win. So, it'll be – for me, it's got Florida State at four and six. Okay. Uh, you have uh, Florida State at six and four. And Scott has obviously been watching a little bit of Fox cartoons because as the homer, he's got them at eight and two. <laughs> nice. Well, hey, for, if you've got Miami at eight and two, I can have Florida State at eight and two. Right. Well, we can all, uh, you know, sadly, as much as I hate to say it, we all should probably just go ahead and tack another L on that one for Florida State this year because that TBA game is going to be Florida. And, uh, and Florida's going to be very good this year. I can't stand it. I don't like it. I think Mullen's a putz, but he's a good coach, and he's got a loaded team. Uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, it is what it is. But, hey, you know what, Ayers? Here's hoping that Kyle Trask gets himself a bad COVID test the week before, and they pull him, you know, out of caution, error on the wow. side of caution, only to find wow. out that Monday that, oh, whoopsie, we didn't stick the swab far enough up his, uh, up his nose, and that was a bad negative. Sorry about that. Wow. So, well, uh, wow! Let's just I, I'm not rooting for that. I'm just saying, if it happens, it just sucks. That, you know what? These let's are just the breaks. hope and pray. Let's hope and pray that when Thanksgiving weekend rolls around, that we have some really good smoked turkey in the smoker, and we've got a reason to watch a football game being played that weekend. My man, uh, uh, that's first, that's first all, all that I care about this year. First of all, if there's a football game being played, that's all the reason you need to watch it. <laughs> Amen if it's if it's your team, especially so, especially, this especially this year. Yeah. 
All right, fellas. Well, on that note, we're going to go ahead and bring this hot take edition to a close. Thanks to everybody for tuning in and for listening. We certainly appreciate it when you do that. And we really, really appreciate it whenever you guys go on to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or wherever you subscribe to a podcast and leave them five stars and a nice little review telling folks how much you love the show. It helps us out a lot. So thanks to Dave and Scott for tagging along. Thanks to the ACC for finally getting off their butts and actually making a decision, short-lived, albeit as it probably will be. And uh, thanks to you guys for listening. So we'll catch you next time for an all-dude mail edition of the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. See ya. Oh. See ya.